Hi everyone, I'm Michael Stysin and this is Mobile Growth Podcast where we discuss how to launch, grow and successfully monetize mobile apps. And today our guest is Nils Bin. He is in charge of strategic partnerships at Singular. Singular is a mobile attribution company with industry-leading cost aggregation, flexible and granular ROI analytics and huge companies like Lyft, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Rover and others use Singular to unify marketing data and get access to granular creative analytics. Uh, hi, Niels. Uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. And I guess my, my first question is, uh, and this is super interesting to, to, to most of our listeners, uh, how to actually get accurate attribution data, including in app revenue. Uh, it was somewhat simple before Apple introduced the ATT framework. But now it's a complete mess. So, any any thoughts on this? Uh, well, first and foremost, like, thanks for the invitation. I like being here today. Uh, appreciate uh, you know the time. Um, I think like even before uh, you know everything that happened in terms of like the ATT rollout, like there's never been like you know as straightforward as people may think. How you can actually match like all of the kind of revenue data uh, on the install level and really calculate what your ROI is. And for that, you need two sets of data. You need like your um, your upper funnel uh, marketing data. That's your cost data. Like how much am I spending on a specific platform, um, on a specific creative or a keyword or in a country, so to say. And how you then combine that with your install data and your post-install um, event data, your revenue data or like subscription data, um, IAPs, like whatever it is that you look to to to, to measure, right? Now, I think what you're saying is true. It's like historically, like all of this has been linked to an IDFA or the Google Advertising ID. And in terms of um, of iOS, this is only possible now, like when you have opted in users, which and that rate hovers about like the 25% mark, uh, depending on the country that you're in. Maybe also like what kind of like way that you look at things, but you can safely say that for the vast majority of iOS users, you will not be able to actually link those events back to the actual IDFA which makes that type of granularity um, impossible. Now, on Android, um, you can still do it. Uh, we still have to Google um, advertising um, ID. But the question is then, okay, like how do you actually do this on, on iOS and how do you actually work with scan? Um, and this is definitely where the mess comes in, yeah. Yeah, and speaking about SKA network, can you tell us a little bit about this, how it actually works? Sure. Um, I mean, when it comes to, to scan, um, um, you first want to look at the reasons why Apple introduced the framework in the, in the first place. And there's like, you know, numerous reasons that are floating around in the industry. But if you look at like the official communication and, 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 and what you read in all documentation, it is about user privacy. And um, it is Apple uh, not wanting or users not wanting to be able to be, be identified or actually being linked back to their device ID or their like any person personal identifiable inf um, um, information for targeting and, and for measurement um, purposes. Um, now what Apple then did is say like, hey, like in case a user actually does not give consent, you then default to actually uh, the SK Ad Network framework, which means we're going to give you like a set amount of, of, of signals that you can then use to do your optimizations, but they're much more limited then you used to receive um, um, when you still could measure based on the on the RDFA, so like in the in the old days, uh, so to say. Now, um, it implied two things. Like one, you had to then work with a conversion schema. You had to choose one that would suit your app or suits your app best, which can be anything. For example, for like a revenue schema or like a funnel schema, 
depending a little bit on like, you know, what kind of app you have. If you have a game, it makes sense to look at like in-app purchases, like revenue. If it's like a funnel conversion, like for example, with subscriptions, then it's a completely different uh, type of source. And then um, uh, you would receive encoded um, events that you would have to decode uh, to then uh, make sense of in your, your reporting. But also crucially, some of the data would be censored by Apple. So you would only receive well, about like 80% of the uh, postbacks or like the events that you would want to have to, to do your optimizations, which means that a further 20% um, is pretty much like a kind of like dark figure or something that you would need to come up with yourself or that's something that you need to model. So what you would have is like a couple of problems. One, you would have not the same kind of data granularity. Two, you would actually have um, um, under-reported data. And three, you could then not actually do like your correct optimizations, even like in the kind of more limited framework as you would be optimizing on a campaign level, which kind of translates into the mess that you just described like, that a lot of um, developers have been uh, facing with for the past while. I still, if I understand correctly, a developer can invoke this ATT prompt. And if you use a select that he actually allows to be tracked, in this case, attribution solution can get very accurate data. Uh, is this correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if the user, if the user allows this and we continue to use the IDFA, um, there's actually no problem. It is smooth sailing is pretty much like as before. Um, the problem is like the other like 75%, right? And it's like when, uh, you know, the ADA framework kicks in and this is where you actually need to update your marketing stack or like if you like use your own tools or like have your own mechanisms, you just have to like, you know, re re redesign the way that you do your, um, do your work. Apple recently released the updated SK Ad network version four. What are the new features of this uh, updated version? So I think um, it to understand a little bit like what's going on like in the market and also like why Apple has released uh, 4.0. I want to say there was like a massive backlash like in the industry, but like you know, there's been a lot of like complaining about the level of uh, the lack uh, of data granularity. One, we saw a decrease in amount of, of marketing spend um, on iOS. We saw an increase on, on Android. Uh, so long and short of it is that like, you know, fewer traffic or fewer paid traffic was being diverted to, to the app store, um, which also means like, you know, this is biting into Apple's revenue itself as well. Now th that is one given. I think the second given is like, if you listen to like the marketing professionals, they made it very clear that like their jobs were becoming like very frustrating uh, because of the lack of, of granularity itself. Now. Apple sort of listened to that and, and made some updates. And in a nutshell, it is about adding like more granularity. So you would have, for example, uh, more uh, and different types of postbacks. Um, so you still have like your one kind of find event that you could optimize towards for something that you could choose, um, you know, your revenue or your, your funnel event, whatever, whatever that might not be. And you would have two additional events and we can call those, um, you know, they've got like three types of possible um, outcome them course events they could be anything from hey like this is like a a, a good user a medium or mediocre user or it's like a, a bad user or like a subsequent event um uh, correlated to it um there are more updates in terms of granularity as well um i mean i can send like a, a blog post that really goes into detail about like um what those are um but that is in a nutshell really what mm -hmm. it um, uh, boils down to uh yeah i just wanted to ask is there still this time limit. I think uh, 
there is 24 or 48 hours time limit where you can attribute some data to the install. And then, uh, for example, you have a trial subscription and app that monetizes with trial subscription and the trial is three days or seven days. It's actually impossible to actually send the conversion data to the attribution platform. Is it, is it still the case? Well, I think there's always been ways to, to, to circumvent that, um, or well, not circumvent, but like, you know, by the way that you do, you, you set up your postbacks. Um, uh, but yeah, the postback windows have been expanded mm -hmm. as well. So that is definitely like a welcome uh, update. So it was extended and, uh, what's the time limit now? Um, I'm not sure like if I have the details on there, um, I would need to get back to you on that. Uh, sure. No problem. We can add the link into the notes, uh, to this podcast. How to set up the attribution with Singular? If mobile app has just launched, how complex is the setup? Yeah, with Singular, like, it's, a, it's a different situation. And like we develop tools that are really out of the box. So there's nothing that you actually need to do as a developer yourself to be able to work with scan. Like if that is like the topic that like we're, uh, you know, discussing um, today. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can choose from about um, seven conversion schemas. You can then work with our um, customer success team and the support team in identifying, hey, which one is the best one for you? Um, but even more so, like, you know, we have updated our tools to not only include the signals that you are receiving from, from, from Apple that you're receiving from scan. Um, so you would actually have a report in which you say on the left side here, like, are your scan uh, signals? Is your kind of like basic layer? But we also expanded that with what we, something we call like um, scan advanced analytics. And that is where we model the missing conversions that you may have. Um, we do that with about a 90% um, accuracy rate. And the reason why it's important is because A, it allows you to actually go into like cohorted ROI. You can see your day seven ROI, for example, but you can also then like much more accurately see and predict how your campaigns are performing or will be performing um, in the future. Um, so it's an out-of-the-box solution, no additional knowledge is needed. And it really like goes back to the way that you used to be managing your campaigns um, as if you were to be doing it on the LFA basis. And what does the reporting look like on Singular? Uh, what data can an app developer expect to see uh, in Singular dashboards? Yeah, so when it comes to like, you know, your, look, look at Android, for example, right? If we have the Google advertising ID, and then the amount of, or the level of granularity that we have um, is completely different. And it's also unparalleled. And here, like, you know, what really becomes interesting is that we started out as a marketing analytics company. So when we started about eight years ago, um, our founder said, hey, like the problem that we're looking to solve is that we're spending money with a variety of platforms, but we want to have an overview of, hey, like, you know, where have we been spending in a particular month? Say, for example, there's Facebook or Snap, TikTok or Google, wherever that might not be. But I also want to quickly be able to see that on the country level. Like if I'm spending in multiple countries, show my performance in France. I want to see it like on the creative level, or maybe like on the type of creative, is the video creative or is it a keyword? or is it a banner, right? So that is a level of granularity that we actually offer. Um, it goes quite deep, but also we can allow users to play around with that. Um, so, you know, we have a product called, called Pivot. Uh, it works the same as a Pivot table in, uh, in Excel, where you say, hey, like, let me first see my overall budget on the app level. Say your app is Candy Crush, 
on iOS, you can see, hey, how much have I been spending on the country level, dominant the country, I want to see that like on the network level, or I want to turn it around like on the network level and then in the country level, or like on the keyword level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it is a level of granularity that we as an MMP and analytics partner offer, which is unparalleled. Um, and it's really very helpful. Like if, you know, you have someone that wants an immediate answer, for example, someone in a creative team, how are my new stats of creators performing across all of your platforms? Okay, so what's what's the situation with Android? You, you mentioned that uh, attribution there and the data granularity is much better than on iOS, but as I know, there will be some changes to Android as well. And in a sense, Google is just following uh, what Apple already did. So we can expect more difficulties in attribution uh, with uh, Android uh, store yeah. as well. What's the situation there? Yeah. Um, so the situation is like, there's no like immediate like disruption, uh, same way that like there was a disruption with ATT. Um, Google will be rolling out Google Privacy Sandbox, which if you look at like, you know, what is the reasoning behind Privacy Sandbox is very similar, like identical even to like, you know, what Apple communication was. It is enabling marketers to continue to operate their growth um, operations, but in a user privacy safe in, in environment, which also means that they will be deprecating the Google advertising um, ID. Um, there's a lot of things that we already know about Google Privacy Sandbox, and there's like definitely you know like some some learnings I think that 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 Apple took from the ATT rollout. Mm -hmm. First and foremost is the way that Google has been working uh, with with the industry itself uh, to identify hey what is important not only for developers but also what's important um, for their partners like their networks and like also like players like like Singular. Um, and secondly, like the amount of documentation, um, you know, how is the rollout going to be looking like? What kind of level of granularity is going to be um, available is, is different. Um, what we see, so for example, creative granularity that is going to be available to Google Privacy Sandbox, which is, which is great because that is like one of the prime reasons why users would use uh, Singular, for example, as their um, MMP. Um, but... We're also looking at a, at a window of rollout, I think, in 2024. So there is right now nothing that markers need to do apart from actually doing their homework, right, um, mm -hmm. and, and getting ready. Um, and I would go as far as saying, like, hey, like, you know, the reality is, is definitely, like, becoming more user uh, privacy focused. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, Bearing that in mind and knowing that the two largest players in the market, Apple and Google, um, are, are changing the way you do your 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 work, uh, that should uh, you know definitely be reason enough to at least do your um, reading right now. Uh, got it. And uh, do, maybe you have some benchmarks or channel uh, recommendations for Android apps in this case. Well, in terms of like benchmark or like recommendations, um, you mean the, the kind of partners that 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 they should be working with, or um, UA uh, channels? Like, what have? What yeah, you, UA channels. I think is super interesting uh, for our audience to 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 know what currently works best for user acquisition in terms of channels specifically. Uh, what's 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 trending yeah. now? We um, we publish the ROI index at Singer like every year. And we're going to be uh, publishing it as well in, um, I believe, February next year. Mm -hmm. And there you really see, like, you know, like who are the main partners 
on the OS level that you should be um, uh, be, be working with. Now, <laughs> unsurprisingly, like on, on iOS, like the, the rising star is definitely Apple search ads. Um, and we'll probably see that as well in terms of how they will be ranking um, in February, 2023. Um, but yeah, we also saw uh, TikTok increasing its market share and further increasing its market share um, in 2022. And we saw like on the, on the big platform in particular uh, Meta, you know, like a, a slowdown um, in activity. Now, usually when, 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 when developers come to us, and these can be like anything from like, you know, brands that have an app or app first businesses. Um, we would say to them, it's like, look, there is probably, if you want to start doing user acquisitions, anywhere between one and 20 partners that you can be starting with to, to run your, your app business, which is besides like the big, you know, the Google and the, and the metas of this world, our companies like an iron source, a TikTok, lift off unity you know they're, they're the kind of companies have been around uh, for some time but it's definitely like you know in the kind of like rankings between say 10 and, and 20 uh, definitely up and coming um, partners what we see is um, on the ua side it is one thing to 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 obtain the user or acquire the user but there's not a part um, of re-engagement and and retention and what we saw with the rollout of ATT is if your user acquisition costs do tend to increase, then it's even the more important to try and retain like the most valuable users that, that you have. Um, and this will also like be the case with, with Google moving forward. So we're not really looking merely at UA, but we're looking at that whole cycle of acquiring and retaining and re-engaging a user. Um, and I believe that in 2023, um, on the re-engagement and the retention side of things, um, you know, there's probably gonna be companies that are gonna be increasing, you know, the share of their budget pie as well. Got it, got it. So uh, you see uh, more, more focus on retaining users actually now than uh, acquiring new Absolutely. users. Yeah, yeah that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, listen, Neil, so, uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing your expertise today. Maybe anything you personally would like to, to add, uh, to share? Uh... Yeah, I think I, for, for, from my side, it's like I, um, I joined Singular about like you know, more than a year ago now. Like I come from the platform side, actually. And um, one of the reasons why I moved from the platform side to the, to the SaaS or the MMP side is because I was really intrigued by that shift that we were witnessing or still are witnessing in our industry, which is very, very pivotal. Um, um, if you look at the way that we operate our businesses, the way that we can grow apps, but also the way that like business is going to be conducted, you know, say in 2024, where Google Privacy Sandbox has been uh, reaching out, like the whole, you know, the industry has been really like, you know, shaken uh, in that regard. Um, and I would really argue that especially in the case from, from Google, there are resources available. There's a lot of homework that people can do um, in terms of like getting, getting ready. If you look at scan 4.0 right now, it's also a perfect time to like really like analyze, hey, like how is my text um, uh, stack right now uh, for me to be able to take maximum advantage of like those improvements that Apple has been making because 
the fact of the matter is you can't actually tap into those opportunities right now because like first all of the SDKs need to be updated. That is going to be taking time as well. So like we'll probably see only the first results of this like rollout improvement maybe in six to 12 months from now. But that means now is the time that you start to, you know, work on update tech stack or ask questions about like, you know, how can I use this to, to my advantage? Um, and that is my key takeout. You know, like there are, you know, movements in our industry, uh, a setback. Um, um, it created hurdles to operate your business that uh, have heavily been causing a lot of headache. Um, but, you know, we do see welcome improvements. We also see the rise of like other networks that kind of tap into like, you know, opportunities that like have kind of come up to the back of it. Um, and I think 2023 is like, it's simply going to be a very intriguing um, a year full of opportunities. Yeah, but, but, but by the way, you mentioned uh, you're, you came from platform, basically. Is it, is it Apple or Google? What, what, what platform are you referring to? No, I was working at, at Ad Colony for, ah, for five years. Ad Colony. Um, and before that, actually, I, I was in London. Very good companies like Credio and, um, and right before I joined um, a singer, I was uh, at AppLike in, in Hamburg, which is like a uh, rewarded um, um, ad solution uh, mm -hmm. that also engages users continuously. Yeah, Got it. So I was doing ad sales. So like a lot of people in the industry know that. <laughs> And uh, now I'm, I'm working with exactly those uh, partners and, and platforms to make sure that they understand, you know, our value proposition as well. Um, and also to talk about topics like user privacy. Um, yeah. Like me as a user, like um, it's something that uh, is, is, I wouldn't say close to my heart, but like I, I find it just very interesting um, to, to talk do, about. Do you think it's it's beneficial, this uh, changes in privacy? Happen? You know, personally, myself, I don't think like... Uh... Apple or advertisers were actually trying to track me. The, uh, the whole thing of this IDFA is just to provide you with accurate ads. And I don't mind this at all. So anytime I, I see this prompt, I always allow to, to track me. So I, I will see like uh, more custom experience, relevant ads and stuff like that. I, I also think that there's, there's a discussion to be had there. It's about like, you know, how do you explain to your users what the benefit is of you actually like being tracked and like, you know, the, the communication language should definitely not be. So we actually show you relevant ads because actually users don't really care. I think in my opinion, like what ads like they're, they're being shown. I think there's more like a sort of like unknown and maybe like people get scared um, if they think that, you know, what are these app platforms actually doing with my, with my data. And the fact of the matter is that like some platforms are making shitload of money with it. Um, in exchange, you know, providing you with like, you know, free software, like, you know, look at Facebook, it's a, it's yeah. a prime example. But I think the way that the IDFA was, was being used and the amount of data that we were aggregating and then like reselling, um, that is something that has, you know, really shifted before ATT, uh, a whole industry and like where dollars are being spent, like what, 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 what power or like what kind of market share ticket players were having. I think all of that, was not necessarily why, you know, these changes or like Apple introduced um, ATT, but it's simply a level playing field um, shakeup. Um, explicitly, you know, Apple does allow for you to use, uh, you know, your first party data if you obtain it. So you yeah. can, if you want, inside or like encourage users to opt in, right? There's nothing wrong with that by simply explaining them 
you know what you what you're using their their data for. Um, but that is a choice that developers make, and the reality is that like 75% of users do not uh, want to uh, have you use your IDFA for like whatever reason, right? And that is what you need to be working with, and what the reality. Yeah, is. yeah, maybe that's exactly why because people do not understand it. It kind of sounds scary that uh, some random app will be tracking you, and if given a choice, of course you choose not to be tracked because you don't know how the data is used. If you have better understanding of how the data is used, then the opt-in rate might might be higher, and actually well, this is what what we recommend to, to, to some of our the, the, clients, like to, to explain why they're asking for this permission. There was, a, I think there's one experience about a year ago that I read about, which was, uh, you know, when, when you go like to a public space and you accept the terms and conditions for Wi-Fi, yeah. no one actually reads them, right? Like you just want to get yeah, online yeah. and like, you know, start scrolling away on Instagram, waste of time on social media. But there was a, one that said like, hey, like, you know, if you accept the terms and conditions that you give up your children for adoption. And... <laughs> That to me, it got to indicate like, you know, how little people actually care, like generally yeah. speaking about, about data. But if you ask people if they care, of course, they're going to say yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, here we go. That's my thought for Friday. <laughs> Don't give up your kids for adoption. For free <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, so how our listeners can find you online? Can they follow you on Twitter, on LinkedIn? What's the best way to connect? I, uh, I am on LinkedIn. Uh, Niels Bienen, uh, my name. Uh, you can find me there. If not, you can send me an email, niels.beanen um, at singular.net, and um, I'll go back to you. Got it. Uh, th thanks so much, Neil. Thanks so much for doing this podcast. And have, have a great Thanks, day. Michael. Thank you. Uh